Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching and happy new year. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow, 2023, I mean, never, ever has there been a better time to start spending more time with Jesus, to start loving on Jesus, to start experiencing the love of Jesus, uh, to start spending time in your Bible, to spend time in prayer and thanksgiving and in, uh, in community, to spend time in praise and worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow, this is the third teaching of 2023. And, uh, and again, Lord, we just praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We love you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Father, we just love you and thank you and praise you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf and in our place that we could never live, Lord. We thank you for dying a torturous death that we should have died. And we thank you that you are alive and risen and we worship you today, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for guiding us. We thank you for comforting us, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us eyes that see Jesus this year like never before. Holy Spirit, our counselor, we ask you to give us ears that hear Jesus like never before. And we ask you to give us hearts that understand Jesus like never before. Father, we worship you, we thank you, and we praise you. We commit this time into your hands. We commit this new year into your hands with praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, as I said, this is the third teaching of 2023. Happy New Year. Um, we are continuing in our, uh, our discipleship series. Um, my, uh, as I said in the last couple teachings, my, my son-in-law, Nathan had, uh, had asked me when we were doing Bible study with the family together. And, uh, he had asked me, you know, where, where, you know, how I was doing and how the teachings were going. And I had finished up the Christmas teachings and he had, uh, he had asked for a, uh, a discipleship series, uh, a series, uh, you know, that, you know, like a curriculum for discipleship. And I had discussed it, um, with the kingdom discipleship leaders and, uh, and man, just everybody was on board and excited for it. So, you know, we've, uh, we've completed the first two teachings on being a Christian versus being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so now this will be the, the third teaching. Um, and this will also be a, a, a two part teaching and it's going to be on reading, studying and obeying the word of God, the Bible. When it comes to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, there is nothing more foundational, nothing more important to being a disciple than spending time in the word of God, okay? The Bible is the living word of God, okay? So again, this discipleship teaching is a it's a topical teaching, and so I'm still going to be expositing scriptures. I have before me here what I believe is like, like 29 or 30 scriptures. I believe it's 29 scriptures. 
So I don't think there's any way I'll get to them all um, in this teaching. But the, the Bible proclaims in itself, if you, if you look at 2 Timothy 3.16, okay, 2 Timothy 3.16, right? Nathan says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All right, let me read that again. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And it's going to go on in verse 17 to say, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, there's someone who's moved from being a Christian Someone who's, you know, a Christian is someone who's trusting and relying and clinging to Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. They've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. John 1.12 says, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A disciple is someone who's received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and now they're on a path as an apprentice for Jesus. They've committed their lives to making Jesus the biggest priority in their life. And now they're, they're on this journey as a disciple of Jesus. As a disciple of Jesus, there is nothing more important than spending time in the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, okay? All of those are qualities we need to embrace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, okay? We want the teaching of the Word of God, okay? We want to be rebuked by the Word of God. When we study the Scripture and we look inside the Scripture and we, we see areas of our life that are out of place, we may see areas of our belief that are out of place, we see areas of of, of how we're living and speaking that are out of place, it says that the scripture is useful for rebuking and correcting, okay? So as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we want to have a joyful heart of being corrected, right? And sometimes when we don't receive correction well, right, Stephen, we need to be rebuked. And so the scripture is useful, okay? Now, as disciples, it begins with us, we tend to read these scriptures like it's our job, or certainly like it's my job, you know, to do the teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, right, Scott? But it's my job first, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, to look into the scriptures and consistently be in the scriptures every day, looking for what it has to teach me, looking for where it has to correct me, looking where it needs to rebuke me, and looking where it can train me in righteousness. What does that mean? The scripture is useful for, for training us to do what's right. Right, Lauren? It's useful for training us to think about what's right so we can do what's right simply because it's right. Wow. All right, look at Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So again, a Christian is someone who's taken refuge in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. They're trusting and clinging to Jesus alone. They've put their full faith, confidence, and trust in Christ alone. And certainly then Jesus is a shield to you, 
Okay, All of your sin, past, present, and future, has been paid for at the cross of Jesus Christ. And the perfect righteous life that Jesus has lived has been credited to you, right? That, that incredible swap of my sinful life for the righteous life of Jesus Christ. That's the heart of the Christian gospel. And so that's the beginning as a Christian. But as a disciple, as we spend time in the word of God, in this life, more and more will we experience that shield, right? Uh, the shield of the word of God, the shield of faith. And if you go to Romans 10, 17, Okay, Romans 10, 17 says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The other translation says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you spend more time in the scriptures, it builds your faith. As you read the scriptures, as you study the scriptures, Kristen, as you meditate on the scriptures, above all, as you obey the scriptures and repent, it, it builds our faith. Hear, hear the scripture again, Romans 10, 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So again, as you, as you, as you spend time in your Bible, as you spend time again, you know, reading the Bible, listening to the Bible, listening to teachings like this in the Bible, okay? Um, it, it strengthens your faith. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, few other scriptures, right, as we move along here. Now look at Psalms 119, verses 9 and 10. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Look at verse 10. I seek you with all my heart. Do not, do not let me stray from your commands, okay? Again, to seek Jesus as a disciple, okay? To seek him with all our heart, the only way to do that is to, is to be in the word of God. He says, do not let me stray from your commands. We only know what the scripture commands. We only know what Jesus commands as we spend time in the scripture, all right? <clears throat> Remember, when we're talking about being a disciple, we speak about, um, uh, Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. All right. This is not in my list here, but you remember when Jesus is raised from the dead, he commands his apostles, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to, to the end of the earth. Okay. Um, and again, oftentimes we forget that saying, right? Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. If you ask someone the Great Commission, um, they'll generally say, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But they forget the next part where Jesus says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So again, a disciple of Jesus Christ, man or woman, is someone who is consistently trying and laboring enjoy to obey everything Jesus commanded. Now, everything Jesus commanded is what's in the Bible, okay? You, you want to consistently be in the Bible. Look at verse 11, uh, Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Have you 
had a lifestyle. Do you have a lifestyle of hiding the word of God in your heart, of just coming to your Bible, Corinne, and spending time in your Bible? Now, again, for those of you who consistently listen to these teachings, that's why we do this. We do these teachings not, not so that you can listen to me, God forbid, right? But, but hopefully as I consistently bring forth the word of God, it helps you to hide the word of God in your heart. And the, and the psalm writer here says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you have a heart to, to, to walk upright and holy with Jesus, Jose? The more time you spend in your Bible, the more time you hide that word of God in your heart, the, the, the greater desire you'll have to walk uprightly, to walk in purity with Jesus, right? My wife's favorite scripture, right? In Matthew 5, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The more time you spend in the scripture, the more time, right, Benny, it'll be in purifying your heart. And the more rap you'll see your heavenly father, the more you'll see Jesus, the more you'll see the Holy Spirit and everything, the more you'll have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that to understand. And there's just, there's nothing more exciting, right, Lauren, than just having eyes that see Jesus in your day-to-day -day life, having ears to hear him, right, Wendy? Just having a heart to understand him, right, Becky? Wow, golly. All right. So let's turn to Matthew 4, verse 4 now. So again, this teaching is on the beginning of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, again, is someone who's spending time every day reading, studying, and obeying the word of God, the Bible, okay? Look at Matthew 4, verse 4. It says, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Wow. Okay, so now, this is Jesus in the New Testament quoting the Old Testament, okay? Jesus believed the Old Testament to be the word of God. <clears throat> um, my, uh, my very close friend in Connecticut, who's him and I have been close now for, for 40 years. His name is Scott. He taught me how to play basketball. He taught me how to do all sports better. He's actually four months younger than, than me, but he's Coach Scott T, and he's just been gifted by the Lord as a, as a coach and someone who just has a heart to see people, you know, do well. And, and he has every desire that they do far better than him. I remember when I, was a, uh, when I was a young man, when we were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, he was so much better than me. Um, you know, he had been brought up. I, I had not been brought up with, with good coaching, and he had been brought up in a sports town. But yet he worked with me and I was a, a fairly good natural athlete. Um, and, and he kept working with me and working with me. And his heart would always be that I would keep getting better. Um, and, and he really wasn't worried about himself. Um, and so he had, uh, you know, he's been talking to me this week and he has asked for, uh, you know, some teachings. And, you know, we're going to look into those later in the year. Um, just on kind of the ABCs of the Bible, the, the quote Bible for dummies, so to speak. Um, and, and so I had shared some things with him and he had, you know, he's been an, an avid churchgoer for, uh, you know, for his whole life, 
right? And he had said he's, you know, he's, uh, he's never known these things. So again, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, okay? The Bible is the word of God, okay? The Bible is made up of 66 books, all right? There are 39 books in the Old Testament. There are 27 books in the New Testament, okay? Together, they make up the Holy Bible, okay? The Bible is holy because it's the Word of God, okay? My words are often not holy. The Word of man and the Word of woman is often anything but holy. As a matter of fact, sinful words come out of our mouth. But we already said, right, Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is is flawless, okay? So the entire Bible, the 66 words of the Bible are perfect, they're holy, they're pure. Your Bible, Scott, is a a holy Bible, right, Pop? My Bible is a holy Bible, okay? So again, we we need to understand the gravity. If we're ever going to become a disciple of Jesus, crossover from being just a Christian, to a disciple of Jesus. Remember, a disciple is a a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. Someone who's increasingly spending time with Jesus Christ, time in their Bible, time in prayer, time in fellowship and community with other believers, time in thanksgiving, time in repentance, right? Time in praise, time in worship, and then using their time to serve the body of Christ, using your time, talents, and money to serve the body of Christ. This is the exciting thing about being a disciple. And the more time you spend in your Bible, the more time you'll want to do this. Okay. Wow. Okay. So look what Jesus says here. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what is Jesus saying? We don't just live on physical sustenance, right, Esther? We don't just live on natural bread. The Bible is spiritual food. It feeds our spirit and our soul. And that's where the real life comes, okay? You know, most of us eat our two, three meals a day, and then we snack throughout the day. Um, We have our coffee. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. You notice my mug here if you're on YouTube and see it has my wife's name all over it. Biggest blessing the Lord has given me in this life, my wife. Thank you, my wife, May. Golly. Um, But we don't just live on on physical food. Again, Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written. God has given his word. I inserted that. Jesus just says, it is written. The Bible is the word of God. When you read the word of God, it's God giving you his word. Okay. If I give you my word, I ought always keep it. When you or I give our word, we ought to be men and women of our word. Right, Riley? When God gives his word, never, ever has he broken his word. The word of God is a promise to us and never has it failed. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In this new year, As you endeavor to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, an apprentice of Jesus, you want your life, your sustenance, right, Kristen, to be in the word of God. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at Matthew 24, 35. Look what Jesus says here. Matthew 24, verse 35. 
heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Wow. Did you hear that? This is Jesus speaking now. Okay. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That Bible you have, okay, whether you have it on your phone, whether you have the, you know, the, 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 the physical Bible, right? Um, heaven and earth will pass away. We'll have a new heaven and a new earth. We'll have a remodeled heaven and a remodeled earth. Um, but the word of God, that, that Bible you have will, will stand for all eternity. Think about the ramifications of that. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. It needs to start getting into us, getting deep in our spirit, okay? Getting deep into our mind, okay? That, that when, we, when, we, when we spend time in the word of God, Susan, when we fill ourselves with the word of God, when we spend time reading our Bible, studying our Bible, meditating on our Bible, Again, above all, obeying the Bible and repenting when we fall short, we're filling ourselves with the very eternal word of God. It's eternal. It'll never leave. Wow. Golly. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. There it is again. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. Wow. Golly, thank you, Lord Jesus. It's the word of God. It's the scriptures that bring us into greater and greater freedom. Okay? It's the scriptures that, that bring us into greater wholeness. It's the scriptures that open our minds and our hearts that we might understand the truth of the word of God, that we might believe it and that we might live it. Look at John 8, 32, Jesus speaking again. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All right. And I'm actually going to read verse 31 as well. So let's look at John 8, verse 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, there's a magnitude to that verse that's just, that's just overwhelming, okay? So I'm going to read it again. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, if you hold to the teaching of of the Bible. You can't hold to it, y'all, if you don't spend time in it, okay? If you hold to my teaching lens, you are really my disciples, okay? So again, you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to be more than a Christian. Certainly, you want to go to heaven when you die, but you want to be an apprentice of Jesus. And he says, here is the, here is the first parameter. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, okay? To hold to the teaching of Jesus Christ, you have to spend time in the teaching of Jesus Christ, which is the whole Bible, the 66 books of the Bible, okay? The more time you spend in your Bible, okay, the entire Bible is the Word of God. The New Testament, the New Covenant is the 27 books of the New Testament, 
Okay, um, that's where Jesus is, is, is on every page. Right. And as we always talk about, our lives are about growing to know Jesus. Now, again, the entire Bible is the word of God, um, but we live in the new covenant. We live in the New Testament. We live in the time of the church. Right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Verse 32. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So do you see the order there? You have to hold to the teaching of the word of God. You have to hold on to it. You have to treasure it. You have to spend time in the scriptures, okay? And he says, then you'll be a disciple as you just continually hold to the word of God, as you obey the word of God, as you study it. And he says, then you will know the truth, okay? The only way to know the truth is to spend time in your Bible. And the more time you spend in the Bible, the more you'll know the truth and the more you'll be free. The more you'll just be free in this life, free from the things of this world, free from the incredible desires of this world, free from the pull of this world, which is on all of us, right? Um, free to just walk and grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow. Golly. <laughs> um. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay. Listen to that. If you don't have, if you're walking around in the dark, if you're not spending time in the word of God, you cannot be a disciple and you're in the dark and you can be a Christian and still in the dark. If you don't know what it says in your Bible, if you're not spending time in your Bible, and again, that's why we do these teachings to help you spend time in your Bible, but you also want to spend time literally in your Bible every day, reading, studying, meditating, feeding yourself in the word of God. Look at the psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're in the word of God, may. If you're consistently in the word of God, the psalmist says it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. You'll have eyes that see. You'll have light. You'll understand what Jesus is saying. You'll see where he's leading you. You'll know not only what to believe in this life, but how to live out this life. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light from my path. This year, 2023, you want to commit to being more than a Christian. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, Nathan, and you want to be in the word of God, okay? Now, also as a disciple, you want to be helping others spend time in the word of God, exhorting others to be in the word of God because your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Without the word of God, Wendy, right? We, we have no light. We can have no understanding, we, it, we, we have no, no idea how to live or where to go. Wow. Golly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whew. Golly. Look what Job said in verse 23, verse 12. Now, remember, the, the suffering that Job went through is, is like none other, except perhaps Jesus. Okay? Um, certainly, Jesus went through more suffering than Job. Not perhaps, he certainly did. But, um, I mean, he took on the sin of the world. But after Jesus, when you study the book of Job and see the incredible suffering Job went through, when he was, the Bible said he was the most righteous man in the world, he wasn't perfect, he wasn't sinless, but he had a lifestyle 
of walking with God and obeying God more than anyone alive at his time. All right? Look what he says in Job 23, 12. I have not departed from the commands of his lips, meaning he hasn't departed from what the word of God said to do. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. How many of us could say that? I don't know. I don't know that any of us could say it. Job says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Look at that, Jesse. Do you see what you have in the word of God here? Do you see what you have in this Bible? It's such a treasure that when you come to a genuine understanding and the more time you spend in this Bible, the more your faith will be built that, that really it is what it says it is, right? The more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you spend growing to know Jesus, the more time you spend as a disciple of Jesus Christ in devotion to Jesus Christ, then again, that starts with being in the word of God, the, the more your faith will grow and mature, the more your faith will be refined, right, Ian? Um, the more your faith will be purified, Chloe. Um, and, 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 and just the more exciting this whole thing will be, the more you'll believe it, and the more you believe it, the more you'll want to do it. It's, it's incredible, right? Job said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. I mean, how much do you treasure this Bible? Okay. Again, the more time you spend in it, the more time you will treasure it. And ultimately it'll get to a point and certainly can get to a point that you want to get to your Bible quicker, Jason, right? Then, then you get to your breakfast. Do you desire your Bible, Mandy, more than you do your breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, Starbucks? <laughs> Matter of fact, most of us desire clearly our Netflix our Instagram, our Snapchat, our TikTok, our Facebook, right? More than we do the word of God. We desire the NFL and baseball and our sports and our hobbies and our gaming, right? Our pickleball. <laughs> We're going deep now, right? Um, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. And again, the secret is the more time you spend in the word of God, the more desire you'll have for the word of God. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, wow. I mean, it's just, wow. Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is living and active. Again, this is a living word of God. Your Bible is alive. The words are eternal. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Again, when I'm in my Bible, when I'm reading and studying my Bible, when I'm when I'm getting ready to teach this Bible, I can see the, the attitude of my heart. It penetrates into my heart. Again, it's living, it's active, it's sharp. Wow, golly. Look what Peter says in uh, 1 Peter 2, verses 2 and 3. So now you're a Christian, okay? You've become a Christian. Because remember, you cannot be a disciple until you're first a Christian. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure that you're trusting and relying and clinging to Jesus alone, 
for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, the deliverance from eternal hell, and to go to heaven when you die, then just stop the tape right now and receive Jesus, okay? Because it's not until you receive Jesus, it's not until Jesus is living in you, okay? It's not until you've humbled yourself before him and humbly asked him to come into your heart and to be the Lord of your life and to save you from your sin and to bring you to heaven when you die, that you can do any of this, okay? Once you receive Jesus Christ, you receive spiritual life. You receive eternal life. You become a new creation in Jesus, right? Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come, okay? So again, if you're not sure that you're even a Christian yet, okay? Because remember, all disciples are Christians. You cannot be a disciple until you're first a Christian, until you've first been saved, until you've first passed from spiritual death to spiritual life, right? Remember John 5, 24? Um, you know, if anyone hears my word and believes him who sent me, right? He has eternal life. He's crossed over from death to life and won't be condemned. Wow. Um, so, Again, if you're not sure that you're even a Christian, if you would say, you know what, I believe in Jesus, but I don't know that I'm trusting in him, relying on him, clinging to him, bam, stop the tape, humble yourself before Jesus and simply call out to him. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, okay? Have you called out to him? It's not your words that save you. It's Christ that saves you. But we certainly use our words to communicate our heart to God. Just like God has given us his word to communicate his heart to us, we use our words. Now, again, our words don't save us, but with a, in, you know, in humility, okay, you simply go before Christ and call out to him in prayer and just say, Lord Jesus, I, I know and I confess that I am a sinful person, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I know that I am hopeless and helpless without you. Lord Jesus, I know that I cannot save myself, and you are my only hope for eternal life and deliverance from eternal hell. Therefore, Lord Jesus, I call out to you now, and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to come into my heart to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Lord Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. So again, if you're not sure you're a Christian, use the words I used. But of course, it's the sincerity and genuineness and authenticity of your heart that matters. And if you genuinely receive Christ, knowing that he's your only hope, believing in him alone for eternal life, you will receive eternal life spiritual life. You'll become alive and you'll become a newborn baby in Jesus Christ. And now you move into being a disciple. First Peter two, verses two and three. First Peter two, verses two and three. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Golly. Wow. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Oh my, oh my.
Look at this, Father Rick, like newborn babies. So you've received Christ as Savior. Now go ahead and crave pure spiritual milk. The Bible, the word of God is pure spiritual milk. Whew. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You see that, Lens? Gwenda, do you see that? Wow. You see that, Susanna? Eileen? Golly. You see that, Learn? Wow. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Right, Papa? So that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. We ought to crave the word of God. Job said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That ought to be the goal of your life is to not only be a disciple, but to be a growing and maturing disciple of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You can't do that without craving the Bible, spending time in the Bible, reading, studying, obeying the Bible. Um, and again, doing all you can, listening to good sound teachings on the word of God, which God willing, we're doing here. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Golly, golly. Okay. All right. Whew. All right. We got much time left here. All right. Um, again, John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We grow in holiness. We grow to, to walk with Jesus more intimately. We grow to desire to do what's right more as we spend time in the word of God. Sanctify means to be more and more like Jesus, to be more holy, to, to walk away from more and more sinful thoughts and sinful words and sinful actions that all of us have, okay? All 8 billion people in the world are sinful. We're all sinners. And without Jesus, none of us will see heaven and only hell awaits. So again, it begins by receiving Christ, and then our salvation is secure. But then as we walk this life as a disciple, in this life, we become more and more like Jesus, right? Our King, our Master, our Savior, our God. And as disciples, again, we are his apprentices, right? John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Wow. When you spend time in the word of God, you can be confident that it's working in you, okay? Remember, Jesus said, Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, it occurs to me, I'm speaking very fast now. This, you know, this is only going to be a two-part teaching. I could have easily made it a three-part teaching. Um, but it, it's, it's never going to come back and not do anything. I've said this before. When you go to eat your lunch, right, or your breakfast, or you have your dinner, you know, scientists say that that food is doing countless things in your body. The different things that that food is doing and, you know, in your body to sustain you in all the different parts of your body and your brain and just, there's not even words, right? For all that that physical food is doing to serve your physical body. But all I can tell, frankly, when I've had my breakfast, this is all I can tell. I was hungry. Now I'm not hungry no more. That's it. That's all I can tell. Man, I'm not hungry anymore. 
But apparently that food is doing countless things, hundreds of things, thousands of things to sustain me. It's the same when you spend time in your Bible, okay? When you oftentimes, most oftentimes, when you're reading the Bible and studying it and meditating on it, you may not feel that a whole lot's going on, but it's it's real. It's doing a work in you. It's, it's helping you. It's feeding your spirit and soul. Okay, it's helping you to be sanctified. It's 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 helping you, even though you don't feel it. Right. Look at Isaiah 55, 11, Nathan. So is my word, the Bible. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to be empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The word of God is never going to come back empty again. Landon, right. You may not feel like it's doing a lot. Olivia, you may not feel like it's doing a lot, right, Hallie? Gabe, you may not feel like it's doing a lot, but it is doing its work to feed your spirit and to sustain your spirit. Golly. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You remember John 1, 1? The gospel of John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. Jesus is called the word of God. This is speaking of Jesus here. You see that, Leah? In the beginning was the word, Uncle Dennis. And the word was with God and the word was God. One of the names for Jesus is the word of God. So when we started this out, right, we're talking about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. When you spend time in your word, when you spend time in your Bible, in the, in the word of God, you're spending time with Jesus. And a, a disciple of Jesus, again, is a disciplined follower of Jesus. Remember, discipline is what we do when we don't feel like it. Right, Peyton? Discipline, Benny, is the things we do when we don't desire to do them. Okay? That's what takes discipline. And most of the time, we're not going to desire to pick up our Bible. But we need to pick up our Bible because when you're you're spending time in the Bible, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Are you spending time in the word of God, your Bible? Wow. Golly. You know, we talk about this scripture all the time in Romans 15, verse 4, right? You know. Romans 15, verse 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, okay? So our whole Bible was obviously written in the past, right? It's about 3,500 years in total. The New Testament goes back 2,000 years, right? Um, the Old Testament, a good 1,500 years before that. So, but, but it's not written just so we can read it and just find a cool story. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us to instruct us. So when we're in the word of God, we're being taught, we're being instructed. It goes on to say, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Again, when you spend time in your Bible, you'll be encouraged in the scriptures, encouraged in the word of God, even when it doesn't feel like it. All right. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, you want this year to be a year where you're not only reading your Bible, studying your Bible, but you are obeying your Bible. Again, James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Okay. 
Wow. Look at verse 23. Anyone, again, James 1, 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. Verse 24, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What's the purpose of a mirror? The mirror is not given for us just to admire ourselves, right? Okay. The mirror is given so that when we look into it, it reflects what we look like. It reflects what's out of place. Maybe our face is dirty. Maybe our hair is all messed up. Maybe, you know, we haven't shaved properly, right? We haven't brushed our teeth. When we look into the mirror, it shows us the corrections that need to be made. When you look into the word of God, Okay, one of the one of the great tools of the word of God, and we're going to talk about this in in subsequent teachings, is it shows us what's out of place so that we can repent and put it in order and do what it says. Like a mirror reflects our physical appearance. The word of God reflects. It shows us how we're supposed to live. So when we look into it and we read what it says. Right. And we see the areas of our life that are not in line, either in our belief or in our conduct, then we make the adjustments. Wow. Golly. Look at Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe, okay? As believers in Jesus Christ, as those who would be disciples of Jesus Christ, again, the word of God is working in you. Remember Jesus, Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live on bread alone, okay? it obviously means man and women doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the word of, from the mouth of God. And it is at work in us as believers, but it can't work in you if you're not spending time in it. So again, as we're into this new year, as you want to be now a disciple of Jesus Christ, there's nothing more important in this new year than committing yourself to now that you're a believer in Jesus, to being a disciple in Jesus. And that's going to happen as you read and study and obey the word of God. Finally, look at Ezra 7 verse 10. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study of and observance of the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. Let this be a year. Again, the the foundational aspect, Cash, of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, for Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord. Will you begin this year to devote yourself to the study of the word of God? Will you begin to devote yourself in reading and studying and obeying the word of God? As you do this, you will experience Jesus in a way that you didn't know possible, but it takes discipline. Remember, a disciple of Jesus is a disciplined follower of Jesus who spends more and more time with Jesus, growing to know him, growing to love him, growing to know his love for them, and above all, growing to obey him and growing to repent where we fall short. And it's not religion. As we do this, we, we grow in relationship with Jesus. We grow to know our heavenly father more intimately. We grow to know the Holy Spirit. We have this incredible triune God, one being, 
but yet three distinct individual persons. And in Jesus Christ, we, we have relationship with all of them. And the more time we spend in our Bible, the more we will experience that relationship. Wow. Wow. All right. So next time we're going to do part two of this now. Um of reading, studying, and obeying the Word of God, the Bible. We're going to go through a uh, we're going to go through a scriptural account that's really going to bring this home. So you're going to want to really have these two teachings because this is the first part. But when we when we bring the second part in, part two, I mean, it's it's going to really solidify. It's going to be account of Jesus speaking to some disciples, and I mean, it's off the chain. So Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that we have our Bible. We thank you that we have the living word of God, Father. Wow. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the word of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Wow. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this to our hearts. Help us, Holy Spirit. Give us eyes that see Jesus and eyes that see your word. Give us ears that hear Jesus and ears to hear your word. And give us hearts that would understand Jesus and hearts to get understanding and revelation from your word. Father, we commit this new year into your hands. We commit our whole spirit, soul, heart, mind, and body into your hands. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. And above all, we thank you for Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.